Almighty God, bless the reading and hearing of your word. Let the Holy Spirit descend upon us that we may understand your word for us today. As your scriptures are read, as your word is heard, let the utterances of our mouths and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading comes from Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 34. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are here. The jailer called for lights and rushing in, he fell down and trembled before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer. Our second reading comes from Revelation Chapter 22, verses 12 through 14, 16 and 17, and 20 through 21. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. I am the the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with the testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let everyone who hears say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. The one who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. We are one Sunday away from Pentecost, meaning we are one Sunday away from the end of the Easter season and the end of our Easter series on discovering hope. And we have looked at various ways that we find hope and rediscover our hope through resurrection and through life and through understanding how short this life is. And today we look at what it means to be set free. And we get a big expansive picture of what it means to be free in Revelation. Wash your robes and be clean. Be free from sin. Be free from death. The tree of life is yours. The gifts of the waters of life are yours for the taking. All are invited to come. All are invited to have a place. A place at the table. That all are welcome. Perfect freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom from pain, freedom from suffering, freedom from persecution. Being truly free in Christ. But Paul gives us a slightly different picture of freedom. And reminds us that there's a responsibility that comes with being free. That Paul and Silas and his companions are traveling and teaching. And all of this adventure starts when they decide that they're going to set this slave girl free from the spirit that's in her. We know that her owners enjoyed the fact that the spirit was there to give her divination powers that could bring in lots of money. What we don't know is if it was something that she ever wanted or if it was something that plagued her that she had no control over. We know that she wasn't reaping any benefits from it. Only her masters were getting something from it. And Paul grows tired and he sets her free. In the name of Jesus Christ, he turns the spirit loose. They are not happy about this new freedom. Because the slave girl that was supposed to be their ticket to easy money is no longer their ticket to easy money. And so they have Paul beaten and have him thrown in jail. And while Paul is there, an earthquake comes and sets him free. Paul's freedom doesn't put any restrictions on him. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. Paul could get up and run out right then and there. He could escape to go teach somewhere else. He could continue his ministry, continue to do all the good works he's been doing. And who could blame him for leaving so that he could continue to speak the word of God? But Paul doesn't run away. first instinct would be to call him a fool because he is free and isn't jumping on that opportunity to get away. But Paul knows what's going to happen. 
Paul's shackles are gone. His door is open. He can wander out, but he doesn't. He doesn't because he knows what would happen if he did. See, Paul doesn't want to bring anyone harm. Paul is trying to speak the good news of his Savior, Jesus Christ. That he suffered and died for others to make sure that they would be free and they would be taken care of. And Paul knows that if he leaves, the guy in charge of making sure that he stays in that jail is either going to get in trouble with whoever is in charge of him or to escape that trouble and shame, he's going to kill himself. And Paul does something that seems crazy, almost. Free of shackles, door wide open, Paul sits in his cell and he waits. Now what we find out is that Paul's not crazy. Because his jailer is about to take his life. And Paul yells out, don't. Come on, it's okay. We're still here. And he shows mercy. And Paul demonstrates something interesting about what it means to be set free. Paul's set free and could do whatever he wants, but he remembers that his duty is not to do whatever is going to suit him best, but his duty is to do what is right and to do what is good. And if we think about it in Wesleyan terms, Paul knows that he is doing no harm by staying put. The person watching the jail isn't the person that beat him. He's not the person that threw him in there. It's just the guy whose job it is to make sure he doesn't get out. And Paul decides to use that newfound freedom to ensure this man's safety. And so he comes and he finds Paul and when he knows Paul is still there. The man wants to know what he can do to be saved as well. And he sets Paul, he sets Paul free, takes him outside, invites him to his house, washes his wounds and cleans him up. And Paul shares with him the good news and he and his whole house are baptized. And they eat together and they celebrate together. Paul knows that there's a responsibility in his freedom. That just because he's free to do whatever he wants doesn't mean he should do whatever he wants. He realizes there are consequences to his actions. And so he follows the guide of Christ. That if he can help someone, he will help them. Even if it meant that he would just get thrown right back into jail, that the door would be locked again, and that he would be shackled again. Paul would rather make the choice to be free on his own terms, to be able to do good, than to be free and cause others despair.
Now one might think that if he had been imprisoned again and gave up that opportunity, he wouldn't be able to go out and reach people. And even by sitting around, he reached this one family. How important is it to reach that one man and that one family? And I would say terribly important. Because Paul reached one person in need of salvation. One person eager to be saved. And by reaching that one person, reached his whole family and his whole household and would have made a difference on anybody who heard that story in that area and would have had that great compassion. Because Paul in his freedom, had been given power over this man's life. And chose not to exercise that power. When we remember that our hope is in Christ, we remember that our duty is to do what is right and what is good. Just because we are free to do something doesn't mean we should do it. And just because we are free to have power over someone else doesn't mean that we should exert that power. Because our hope is that by being servants, that we make servants. That by humbling ourselves, we find true freedom. That Paul could have been physically free, but he knew that if he escaped and did what was wrong, he would not be free from sin and not be free from death. And Paul chose the better part. We don't often think about how we use our freedom. We were all free this morning to go wherever we wanted. You are free to both be off tending a garden, off mowing a lawn, off relaxing in the sun. You are free to be doing all of those things this morning, but here you are together. Lifting each other up in prayer, celebrating and praising together. Joined together as God's people to give each other hope in our Savior, Jesus Christ. To come together, just as Paul did with his jailer, to share in a meal. Then I can only imagine that meal they had that Paul reminded them that there was one bread, the body of Christ, and that as they drank, he reminded them there was one cup filled with the blood of Christ to redeem the world from its wrongdoing. And that as we freely come to the table today, we share in that same supper. And we share in that same unity and that same hope. Hope for a man thrown in prison and set free. Hope for a man that thought his only way out was to take his own life but found new life in Christ. Hope for a family brought together and a community bound together in love and faith Hope in a God that helps us to choose mercy and to choose love. We are set free. We are set free from sin, set free from death, set free that we can be where we need to be. 
question is how we use that freedom. Do we raise up our own voice or do we use our freedom to raise up the voice of those that have no freedom? Do we use that freedom to walk away when a situation gets too hard or do we use that freedom to stand up for what is right no matter what the cost may be? Do we use our freedom for silence or do we use our freedom to praise God, to pray for His people and to work that a world may be set free, that it may know Christ is waiting for all to return to Him. We are free to choose. Choose wisely. Know that you are set free and remember who gave you that freedom and remember that there are still those yearning for that same freedom. Let us share in the hope that Christ gives us that we may all be free till we are called home to that perfect freedom to sit at his heavenly banquet to take from the tree of life and to sit still by the running waters and know that Christ is with us always and forever Amen